And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. And that's, that's why we're, we are here, is because, well, John, for example, saw his glory. Because there, there came a day in human history where, where someone could say, I've seen him. Elsewhere, elsewhere, it says in scripture, no one has seen God. No one can see God. No one can see God and live. And John comes along and says, and one day the word became flesh and we saw him. And we will hear in these Christmas days in, in his letters, the, especially the first letter of John, in various liturgical settings, uh, what we have seen with our own eyes, what we have touched with our own hands, what we have heard with our ears. <clears throat> these things were passing along to you and that's why we're here last night at our the Christmas Vigil Mass, Father Augustino was talking about how now we are to be witnesses, and that's, that's, that's the logic. That's what has been happening now for 2,000 years, is that it began with someone coming along and saying, I mean, it begins with Andrew going to his brother, Peter, and saying, we found the Messiah, which is crazy, because who is Andrew to say anything about a Messiah? What do you know about a Messiah? But Peter doesn't say, you're crazy. What do you know about a Messiah? Why? Because he knows Andrew. Because I've never seen this look in your eye before. Because something has happened to you. Because he doesn't use these words, but you saw his glory. And Andrew doesn't understand it completely yet either. But something has happened to Andrew, and therefore something happens to Peter. And therefore, Peter says, okay, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go meet this guy because I've never seen this look in your eye before. And that's, what, that's why we, we are here 2,000 years later. And that's why others come to... That's why others come... I mean, and, and when you see this happen, when you see your witness affect other people this way, it's really unnerving. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a woman <clears throat> in the post-abortion ministry who tells a story that I don't remember, but she tells a story about me. And, and where, because I spoke to her a lot and we would go on this merry-go-round about, you know, when is, about I just need to know that, I, I don't think God can forgive me. Well, he already has. I don't think so, but it's true. No, it's not. Yes, it is. We would go on this merry-go-round, and then she says in, her, in this testimony, which always moves me because I, I don't even, <clears throat> it's like it's about someone else, and, um, and she says that, that at some point I asked him, how do you know? And she says that I said, because I know him. And she, said that some, she says that something changed in her because she knew that that was true. And she said to herself, I want to know him too then. And then goes on this journey um, that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with her and the Lord, um, where she sits in front of the Blessed Sacrament every day and ends up coming to know him. So much so that at the last retreat that I did, um, where, uh, where she gave her witness and the sisters of life who knew her all those years ago when she was curled up in a fetal position, uh, locked up in the bathroom having a panic attack at the first retreat, 
um, one of the sisters turns to me and says, who is this woman? She's, complete, she's a completely different person. She is herself. She's like the guy in the gospel who comes out healed. And everyone says, who is that guy? And, and, that's, um, and that's what happens because of the incarnation, because he comes to us in this way. Um, you guys know, Father Mike knows for sure, um, that story that Luigi Giussani would, he would tell and retell and retell and retell and retell um, because it was such an impactful moment in his life of when he was a seminarian. And he's, I think, running up the stairs or down the stairs to get to Mass on time. They're late for Mass, I think, with his best friend, who later becomes a bishop, Manfredini, right? And um, as they're flying through the stairwell, Manfredini yells out, or grabs his arm or something and stops him and says, hey, and something like, that God became man is something out of this world. And <clears throat> Josani tells it different ways at different times, but he, ret he retells it his whole, his whole life because it was such an, an important moment for him. And, he, and in one version of it, I think he, he says back to him, yeah, it's something out of this world that's in this world. It's out of this world that's, that's in this world. And that's, um, and that's what's different. So in, the, in, the, in this reading that we have today from the letter to the Hebrews, um, you know, if I could put it in my own words, for a long, long time, God spoke, in, God spoke to us in partial ways. You know, not, he didn't say everything yet. Little fragments, little of this, little of that. It's all true, but it's not the whole thing. But now, he spoke to us definitively, completely. When? When God became man and dwelt among us. That's when, that's when he said everything. <coughs> this, is a, um, <clears throat> this is something that John of the Cross comments on. And, and, and that reading ends up in, in our office of readings. Uh, John of the Cross is sort of commentary on this. I think it's the second week of Advent. And I think it ends up being quoted in the catechism. It's a really beautiful reading where he says that this word that God spoke to, this word that the Father spoke, says everything. There's only one thing that the Father has ever said or will ever say, and this is the definitive word that God is saying. It's all contained in him. It's all contained in the incarnation. And <clears throat> And so you, you sort of say, well, what, what, it, what is this thing that he is saying? You know, and, and the fact that you can say that everything that he has to say is contained in a baby, in a manger, in a, in a, poor, in a poor place, uh, sort of lonely and poor and, and yeah, the, the impoverishment of that. <clears throat> and what, what is that? And that God, you know, what is, I mean, God is, um, how can we understate it completely? He's big. <laughs> he's infinite. He's, he's infinitely merciful and good and true and beautiful and, and all of these things. And then you can hold him in your arms. 
And then he can't do anything without your help. And then he needs you to wipe the tears off of his cheeks and to wipe his nose and to teach him how to walk. What is that? That's God speaking his word to you definitively. What, what, how so? Well, I, th I think it's a couple of things. It's first of all, God saying, over here. Look over here. It's God calling our attention because, because, it's, because it's concrete. Because it's not some ethereal mystery that we can't. Because look, we, we need stuff that we can see and touch and hear. Because, well, that's, because that's how he made us first of all. And, 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 and I don't know another, another way to say it. I remember being with uh, one of my best friends in the world, um, showing him around New York. And we, we, were in, we were in, I think we were in Arthur, Arthur Avenue uh, looking for Italian food or something. And then I think we ended up going into, what's the church there, Mount Carmel? Um, I think that's where it was. And and they had some of those little uh, elect electric lights that, that you can, those little votive lights that are not real candles, but electric ones. And I remember making some comments, sort of saying like, I wish they had real candles. And he said, why? You know, it's the same, same idea. And I didn't know how to explain it, but I, I just sort of blurted out something like, I don't know, stuff matters. Like stuff matters. You know, I want real pages. I don't. I don't want uh, virtual pages. You know, I want to. I want to hear the sound of the page turn. You know, I, I want to see the coffee stain that I left there. And because because stuff matters. And how do I know this stuff matters? Because God became man and dwelt among us, and that's the pathway back to Him. That is. It's, it's not my doing that it was done this way. You know, in a passage, in a much more obscure passage of Jasani, buried in one of those obscure books of his conversations with Memoris Domini that are uh, not translated into, I don't think, any language, <clears throat> but they were, they were recorded and then eventually painstakingly transcribed and printed in Italian. There's a conversation where he says, uh, again, I'll sort of put it in my own words, but he says, you know, I don't know, I don't know if, I, if I really want to recommend the imitation of Christ, like the famous spiritual classic, right? I don't know if I'm always uh, re really happy about that. I'm putting it in my own words. And um, <clears throat> they sort of say to him, why? And he says, well, I don't, there's, there's some passages in there where he talks about despising everything except God, you know, despising everything earthly and only seeking God. He says, I don't, I don't know, that, some t that, that could give someone the wrong impression. Um, that could confuse someone. And, he, sa and, he, and he, he says, you know, he says, because, again, in my own words, what about stuff? What about the, the trees and the birds and the people? And, the, and, um, and he says, you know, if maybe, maybe if, if the author of The Imitation of Christ was standing in front of me, he would probably say, yes, yes, I get that, I get that, I see what you're saying, I know. But, but at the end of the day, what's most important is God. And he says, if, he says, I would, he says if, and if he were to say that to me, I would say back to him, no. What matters is Jesus, who was neither creature nor, nor creator, he was both. He was both. 
And that's crazy. That what matters is God-man, God-made man, God who comes to us in no other way except as a baby. And therefore, it's always going to be through stuff that we can see and touch and hear and smell um, that's going to be the pathway to, to our destiny, to the eternal God, to the God who, trans, who does indeed transcend everything. Um, that's the way he comes to us. And so that's the way we will go to him. <clears throat> and so when Father Augustino talks about how it's necessary now that we become witnesses, this is the reason why. Because there came a certain point where he flew away. If you didn't notice, there was an ascension because he's not you know, walking around here anymore in any other way except in you. Sacramentally, he shows up in the... In, in the, in, in the most profoundly qualitative way. We'll receive him in the Eucharist here soon. Truly present. Um, <clears throat> but percentage-wise, quantitatively, how much of your day is going to be spent receiving the Eucharist? Just a moment. So what about the, re the other 23 and a half hours of the day? Does he, does he not come to you then? How, um, you know, why would we ever leave the chapel if this is the only place that we could find him? The fact of the matter is that we find him in, in, in life, in our daily life. We find him in each other. <clears throat> At least that's how he wants to come to us. And that means that uh, we have to pay attention. That means that we, first of all, have to be people that have met him and have been changed by, by having met him. That, and you know from your own lives that, that, that that's, that's, a, that's, that's something that happens. Because you spend time here with him, because you've met him, because you have looked into his eyes just like Andrew did. When people meet you, something happens to them and, they're, and they want to know what's different about you. <clears throat> um, it's for us to continue to pay attention to, to his method. I, I, we, we, we don't make up the method, the, the way that he comes to us. He comes to us the way he comes to us. Um, and so it's extremely important not to try to design some other way, but to let him be God, to let him be God-made man, to let him be the one that decides the way that he's going to come to us so that his plan can unfold, so that this world can change, so that, what did Father Augustino say in the homily last night? So that time can be reset so that we can break all of the cycles of brokenness and lies and, and sin that, that, are being, that have been passed on from generation to generation. <clears throat> Those things can be broken by allowing him to come to us the way that he comes to us. May his name be praised.
was pretty good.